0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by allowing your inherent goodness to take the lead? And not because you're a bad person, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission, to help you keep growing. Hey there, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate, your host and the author of the book, How to Be a Better Person, which has 401 ways to make a difference in yourself and the world. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about nature, sweet, sweet nature, and how to improve your relationship to it, both for your own health and the health of the planet. It is, after all, Earth Week and spring, and everything is in bloom, and it's practically beckoning us outside. So let's capitalize on that instinct and build some new habits and maybe even new hobbies that get us more in sync with and supportive of the natural world. Today, I'm talking with Emily Murphy, whom I also had on the podcast last year around Earth Day. Emily is a gardener who is currently rewilding her yard in Northern California. She's also the author of the new book, Grow Now, which is beautiful and inspiring and really gets you pumped about thinking about what you're going to grow in new ways. I'm excited to talk with Emily today because she has an enthusiasm and a love for growing that is totally contagious and inspiring and that ties into personal growth and protecting the earth that I just know is going to get you pumped about creating or enhancing the green spaces that you have access to. Emily, welcome. Hi. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's really great to have you. So the subtitle of your new book is How We Can Save Our Health, Communities, and Planet One Garden at a Time. That is a very tantalizing and a pretty big promise, one that I'm sure listeners of a podcast called How to Be a Better Person find very exciting because we really care about health, community, and the planet. So how does gardening help us achieve those big, tantalizing goals? Mm, that's a really great question and a really great point. The subtitle is a tall
1: order that uh, was difficult to write to, but it's achievable when we approach the landscapes close to home, everything from the container gardens that we might have on our doorstep or our stairwell, patio to the hell strip in front of our homes, between the sidewalk and the street, wherever it might be, when we approach them as these nature-based solutions that are uh, beneficial, where they have the opportunity to be beneficial to ourselves and the planet. I see this book and the ideas with the book as both an answer and an antidote to many of life's big problems. And it comes from growing connectivity with nature and the opportunities to find hope in action, which can be achieved again in in multiple ways. And while gardening might sound like an activity that can only do so much, in reality, we know that when we get our hands in the soil, for instance, our bodies release serotonin, which makes us feel better, it's a good mood drug, a natural one. And simply looking at plants reduces stress, elevates mood. So just think of the impact of working with plants and getting to know them and expanding your nature quotient, something that I talk about in Grow Now as well. We have our IQs, right? Our ability to reason. EQ, your emotional quotient, is your your ability to collaborate with others connect, work with others. Some say your EQ is a better measure for success in life than your IQ. But what about your NQ, your nature quotient? And when we look at the many large global problems we're having from the climate crisis to species extinction, really scary topics, ones that can, I guess, what scientists call, you know, give us analysis paralysis what scientists call or term as a way to describe the inability to act or that need to turn off the radio when uh, you're listening to news and it just gets to be too much. And gardening is this accessible way to begin developing your nature quotient, to find hope in action. When we look to caring for soil and planting plants for pollinators and wildlife in general, rewilding our food systems, beginning with our food gardens or community gardens or local landscapes, we realize that the collective impacts of what we grow, what I grow, and my neighbor grows and so on can truly make a difference. But more immediately, it makes a difference in our own lives for all the reasons I talk about and Grow Now and for reasons such as eco-anxiety and developing your nature potion and increasing your connectivity
0: to nature. Right. And I love how you help us think about the stuff that we grow in our own little area of influence. You know, not everybody who's listening is going to have a house with a yard. Maybe they live in an apartment. But something you talk about is it's like thinking about what your space looks like from a bird's eye view or from a bug's eye view, <laughs> right? And, and kind of developing a patchwork of green spaces that you know, aside from giving you a place to go outside and dig in the dirt and release your serotonin and just like feel that connection, but also add up to something really big, right? Like in terms of supporting wildlife, can you talk about that a little bit? Like just how, as if we're feeling some kind of impulse to get out and plant something, how might we also think about it from nature's perspective?
1: Yeah, that's another great question. You're right. I start the book with this conversation of, you know, most gardening books, we, we begin them with, where am I gonna plant my garden? How am I gonna plant my garden? How how do I know to do that or where to do that? Instead, let's take the bird's eye view. If you are a chickadee, you know, hovering and flying above your neighborhood, where would you land? Where would you make a home? And when we take a moment to consider our local landscapes beginning in our yards or the container gardens that we have as habitat not just for us but for wildlife it gives us a lens an opportunity for a new perspective on what it means or you know the benefits i guess is what i mean the benefits of all that we grow and when you think about it we have inadvertently disassembled nature through many well-meaning acts such as building our homes and creating our communities and many, of course, endeavors that are not so well-meaning, but we've disassembled nature. And when we look for ways to create and reassemble nature, beginning at home in our local neighborhoods, that's when the possibilities become self-evident, especially when we look at our communities from this bird's eye view. And that gives us the opportunity to see truly the power of our patchwork of gardens and how they can come together to create wildlife corridors, nectar paths, and living greenways. Um, go ahead.
0: Well, I, was, I mean, first of all, just thinking about my yard, we have a yard, and thinking about it as habitat is, uh, you know, when you said that, I was like, oh, well, that is a really different way to think about it. And it's kind of fun. And I feel like that ties into something else that you talk a lot about, which is rewilding. It's also on the cover of your book, and that is a very intriguing concept. Can you tell us about what that is?
1: Yeah. So rewilding is a nature-based solution for bringing nature back into our landscapes, just as we were discussing. and. In the traditional sense, when you, when you go to the Google and you type in rewilding, you might find organizations that are mostly focused on returning apex predators to landscapes and returning ecosystem engineers like beavers and, and other animals that, that really change and modify ecosystems. What we know now is that nature is everywhere and wildness can exist even in the cracks of the sidewalk, for instance. How can we enliven that through soil care, caring for soil, which is one of the topics, one of the larger topics in my book, remembering that there's an ecosystem beneath our feet and that when we care for that soil ecosystem, there's all sorts of incredible services that have happen as a result of that. And the healthier the soil ecosystem, the healthier the ecosystem above ground, and the better able, that soil is to support our plants and our gardens and care for them with less help from us. But really what we need to remember is there's this incredible push and pull between life below ground and life above ground. And when we approach every little bit of earth as the possibility for habitat and returning and restoring nature to those habitats as best we can, right? Our yards and our gardens are really, not quite wild, but not quite tame, but we can get really close to wild. And we can do that through, again, soil care, planting perennials, planting native plants. Uh, the wildlife in your region has adapted for millennia with the plants native to your region. And uh, they have this fabulous connection that often is interdependent. They can't, one can't exist without the other. And and there's more to that. There's growing organic, going beyond organic, skipping the use of pesticides and herbicides and synthetic fertilizers and really approaching our landscapes as uh, nature would. How would nature grow itself? And so all of those component pieces are part of the rewilding process and how it looks for me in my garden and the, the rewilding I'm doing here will look quite different. I'm in Northern California, very close to where the redwoods meet oak woodlands. And how that looks here is going to be very different to someone rewilding in Florida or Kansas or Chicago or wherever it might be. And again, that calls upon us to kindle and cultivate our nature quotient and pay attention to nature. and How is nature, again, growing itself in your local community or the local ecology and applying what you learn from nature in the landscapes close to home.
0: Great. Oh, Emily, I've got to interrupt you real quick because I have to take a quick break, but I definitely want to get into some how-to. So don't go anywhere. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. okay welcome back i'm talking with emily murphy author of grow now who's on a mission to get more folks gardening and rewilding the habitats that exist in their yards hell strips love that phrase (laughs) i I always i always do scratch my head thinking about what to put there and even on your patio steps so emily let's talk some how-to so if you're planning a gardener or you already are a gardener you know you were talking about how a lot of people think like oh what plant should i put here but even that which maybe isn't taking in the bird's eye perspective like we were talking about before but even that can feel exciting but also overwhelming what's a place mm-hmm. where we can start that feels doable and helpful well i always say start small and keep
1: it simple and um, i probably said that on the last time i was on your show and it it always works i think when we get overwhelmed the best solution is to act, to do something. Mm -hmm. And to do something, it's much more accessible just to do one thing or two things. And that could look different for different people. Some people, some of your listeners might be interested in, in growing food, for instance. If you're growing a food garden, again, start small, but consider growing herbs. And of course, the food you love, but consider adding herbs to your food garden or only growing an herb garden herbs immediately uplift everyday meals. They're a culinary experience. They're, you know, There's fragrance and all these wonderful benefits we get from herbs. But when they're left to go to flower, they're naturally these meccas for butterflies and bees. Thyme, oregano are two examples. And they're hardy. They're easy to grow. So if it's a food garden you're after, look at ways to interplant with plants like herbs, companion plants. Again, I talk about these plants. There's a whole chapter called Plants for the People and the Planet dedicated to this topic in Grow Now. But look to interplanting, adding flowers and other plants to your food garden. If you're looking at a health strip, which we need to come up with a better name for, for that space <laughs> between the sidewalk and the street, or an abandoned space, maybe, maybe you're looking at converting part of your lawn to a garden. There, I would truly... Honestly, my biggest suggestion is to look to native plants because they're adapted to your local climate. They're inherently meccas, again, using that word uh, for biodiversity. They immediately support biodiversity. What we know is that a biodiverse range of plants supports biodiversity. So I said, start small. Maybe start with one plant. Maybe start with three. Mm-hmm. And you can find what those plants might be by asking your native plant, society chapter or going to a nursery, especially like a mom and pop shop type nursery where uh, you can really talk to the people who have been working in the industry for a long time. They have a lot of experience working with plants in your, in your area and look to those resources. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's a neighbor already growing a garden and, and look to those resources close to home to figure out what those plants might be and begin there.
0: Awesome, I love it. And quickly, because we only have about a minute left, but something that you talk about that I really love is that rewilding and regenerating our outdoor spaces also helps rewild and regenerate us. So how does that work? Mm,
1: yeah, they're just like just like biodiversity begets biodiversity, life begets life and when we look to restoring our landscapes, we're in reality restoring and regenerating ourselves and rewilding ourselves. And I, I truly believe that some of the answers to these large problems, such as the climate crisis, species extinction, equities or inequities in communities, creating um, sustainable food sources for everyone and opportunities to connect with nature Begins with this conversation of rewilding ourselves. When we take time to slow down, pay attention, and bring nature into our lives, and which I think many of us remembered was so important at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020 with the lockdown, Mm. that is when we have the opportunity to reconnect with nature, remember we are nature, and then we can take that in ourselves, we can take that as part of our conversation into this larger conversation and find, again, hope in action, hope in something
0: that's been there all along that we just need to take time to
1: reconnect with.
0: Excellent. Emily, for folks who want to hear more, where can they find you? Yeah,
1: so I am at Pass the Pistol. That's P-I-S-T-I-L as in part of the flower. Mm -hmm. That's the name of my website, passthepistol.com. Again, uh, P-I-S-T-I-L isn't part of a flower. And I'm also on Instagram and Twitter, and Facebook, under the same name. And my book, Grow Now, and my first book, Grow What You Love, they are both available wherever books are sold. And I really do hope they work some magic out there and they offer tangible solutions and, while providing some inspiration to do more good.
0: Oh, yeah. And I love your Instagram. It's so like, um, I mean, the, it's, it's beautiful but I also love seeing the process of how you're rewilding your yard and how your plants are growing. And I just find it very soothing and also gets me excited to go out and start thinking about what I'm going to plant in my oh, habitat. Wonderful. So thanks for being here today, Emily. Thanks
1: so much for saying that. That makes me happy. And um, thanks so much for having me. Hi, it's Kate
0: back with your tiny assignment. If you've read the artist's way, Julia Cameron's classic self-help book designed to help you tap into and trust your creativity. You know that she suggests something she calls artist dates. Activities you plan for yourself for the sole purpose of helping you restore and inspire yourself. Well, your tiny assignment is to plan a gardener's date for yourself. A time to think about what you might be able to grow this growing season. Maybe it's going to the library to look through gardening magazines. We're spending some time looking through a seed catalog at home, or visiting a garden supply store, or your favorite landscaped space. Just give yourself some space to think about what you're excited about in terms of making your green space a little greener and a little wilder this year. Come back for tomorrow's episode, which ties in really nicely. It's about planting seeds and the literal and metaphorical power they hold.